Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus, Charette. Say what? Doc G, what's up, sir? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> A little, what is that? What, what is the... What was the what was the movie? Truman Show. There we go. Truman Show, yeah, I, Truman Show. I don't know why I wanted to call it the early show, and I was like, the early show? No, it's Jim yeah. Carrey. It's a sad movie. It ends up being mm. sad. It was the yeah. first one that I went into that I was like, Jim Carrey, and then I was like, oh, this is like a think piece, uh, and it makes me sad. Yeah. I don't like this. Come mm-hmm. on, Jim. Where's the facial expressions? And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's what I want. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Mike, how are you? I'm I'm great. Good. I'm killing it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love Everything. it. Life is beautiful. I love it. I was. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty optimistic right now too. Word. I'm optimistic. Uh, yeah. Because I was thinking about our show. Mm-hmm. Optimism. Uh, optimism of our show. Mm-hmm. And. The optimism came because I was thinking about how it's a miracle that people listen to our show. So true. Like, yeah. I know yeah. we're I know we're not doing Howard Stern numbers. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't. We're not Conan O'Brien. Our podcast didn't get sold to Sirius XM for a hundred and fifty-five million dollars. By the way, that happened. Uh, that's nice for him. Uh, Wild. <laughs> yeah. Wild. It's real nice. Real nice. Take take that, yes. Joe Rogan. And plus you got you got a multiple platforms when you're Conan. Anyway. Yeah, anyways. We're not that, Mike. But we've got a solid crew of listeners. Yes. And I mm-hmm. started I started thinking about it. I was like, the fact that anyone listens is amazing. Yeah, it really is. And the reason it is, Mike, the reason that I thought about this is this weekend I was listening to uh, a sports radio channel on Sirius XM. The channel will remain nameless because they don't need advertisement on our show, so take (laughs) that channel. Anyway. That's right. There were two hosts, right? And there were two producers. And that's the way they usually do, and the producers do nothing, and it's a big waste of time, right? But they're sitting there talking, and one of the co-hosts says something, and the producer... Uh, chimes in. He's like, oh, "Oh, actually, you got that off. That that statistic's wrong." And the the host is like, "Oh, that's right. You you have a you have a podcast where that's basically all it is is statistics, right?" And the 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 uh, producer's like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." Hmm. And then the four of them go through and plug every single thing they do, and not an exaggeration. One of the guys had three podcasts. One of the guys had three radio shows. Mm. And I did the numbers. Between those four, they're averaging four shows, radio and podcast, that they do. Wow. Four guys, 16 shows. Four mm-hmm. guys, 16 shows. That, I mean, essentially, that means like if you were stuck on a desert island, you could listen to just these four goobers for months 
and never <laughs> run out of content and just be like, well, it's these four guys again. Why not? Like, mm-hmm. and obviously it's not those four guys. It's mm-hmm. not just those four guys. I was thinking about it. You can literally type anything in the world into Apple Podcast. Any phrase or word and there'll be a podcast for it. So true. Oh yeah. Like for sure. Like I typed in my cuz I'm a classy dude fart. And guess what? <laughs> there were two podcasts. I immediately the Fart Fetish podcast with Raj, which I'm never going to mm. listen to that. Ew. Uh or Fart This podcast with Madeline Wagner. Hmm. Eat bo- both of them. Memorized yeah. the names. <laughs> Bo- both of them on there. I'll give them advertisements. Madeline, they're, they're, Madeline Wagner. They're not doing nearly as well as the uh, Sirius XM folks. Um, but like, maybe you're a classier person, Mike. I looked up pastry. Hmm. Uh, hundreds of pastry pod, pastry arts podcast with Tish Tish Boyle. Tish Boyle. Tish Boyle. Or how about Between Two Pastries? Doing a little play with the Zach Galifianakis there. Between Two Pastries with Nicole and Annie. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's just podcasts, Mike. Millions of podcasts. out. On top of that, you you got Netflix. You've got Hulu. You've got Peacock, HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Like... 30 other streaming services that I can't even think of just yeah. shooting out content constantly. Yeah, for sure. And your phone is just full of stuff yeah. to do. Now, now, don't get me wrong, listeners. I'm not saying that this content is better than ours. Nope. <laughs> like, most of this content is horrible because let me get back to that show that I first talked about, that sports radio. Uh, not an exaggeration, guys. In the middle of the show, one of the guys, one of the hosts was uh, was recording from a Las Vegas uh, hotel uh, in your hometown <laughs> there, Mike. And he was looking out the window and literally out of nowhere, the other host is talking about sports and out of nowhere, the one host is just like, um, guys, the, there's two people coming into the pool right now. Huh? Two people. Walking. Well, one one's a shorter, shorter. I might be a kid, and then the other one's a bit taller. And he proceeded to break in consistently until I turned the channel because I couldn't take this horrible b- anymore. With yeah, not good, Doctor. Information about two people at the pool that I was like, who, who can't like. Mike, I have made some horrible segments on this show. Listeners are like, yes, we know. We know. <laughs> That's a fact. But, like, I can guarantee you, listeners, I will never create something as dumb as what's going on outside the studio window stream yeah. of conscious. Like, what the hell is that, We keep Mike? it together. We keep it together. We try to. We, yeah. we try to. Like, but... The bottom line is, when you get to it, when you get to the landscape of content out there, Mike, Mm -hmm. there's endless, endless possibilities. 
so many hours, so many variations of all. You could probably find a farts and pastry YouTube video channel. Probably, con- yeah, a combination, <laughs> which is really gross to think about. The, yep. the sweet smell of pastries and the sick smell of fart. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Ew. But For sure. When you think about it, again, coming back to our show, you listeners, finding our show is like finding a needle in the haystack. Mm-hmm. Which, not to lose my train of thought, Mike, but I was thinking of that. Why is it a needle in a haystack? Hmm. Like, I oh, actually, nice. I preemptively tried to look this up, unlike a, you know, unlike a previously on the Doc G show, and I was just like, no, why, why would a person lose a needle in a haystack? Why would you be sitting there sewing above a haystack? Oh, crap! No. The needle. Why was I doing this on the haystack? That was du- like, it just nope. doesn't like you're not sewing hay together. Anyways. Yeah. My point is, but Mike. But you get it, though. The needle is, is very hard like to find. Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. You could, but you could do anything small. Like, how about uh, I just happen to have on the table here? How about an SD card? Try because to, the SD card is red and it's also got gray on it. What if it. I made my SD card uh, camouflage? What if I okay, made it? If you made it chrome, <laughs> if you chromed it out, then it would be then it would be really really effective at hiding. I'm just saying. And the uh, yeah, I, and obviously I love chromed out SD cards. <laughs> we just we just proved everything wrong that I was talking about. We'd never do right. stupid content, Sorry. but <laughs> that's a fact. Regardless, what my point was, Mike is. Uh, we should appreciate the crap out of the folks that are listening because it is a mir- miracle. It is a miracle yeah. that they are listening to this show. Mm-hmm. So for the people that remember things like Claude co-hosting or the Virgin Bat co-hosting or even yeah. even way back in the segment, the Where in the World is El Jefe May? Or maybe you don't even remember back then. Maybe you remember last July... When Mike Charette started co-hosting. Right here. We want to thank you. Yep. We want to thank, thank you, you for remembering all of those things, guys. We want yeah, to thank, thank you. you. I understand there are millions of hours of... Co- probably billions of oh, hours. Billion. Oh, yeah, easy. And you're listening to us. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mike appreciates that. Very much so. With that, mm-hmm. Mike, are you ready to make some solid effing content right now. <laughs> Let's fire it up, Doc G. What's going on? All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! Fantastic show, Mike. Fantastic show. I'm excited to give it to the, the regular listeners. We have got Max Frost. Max has just released his newest EP, Flying Machines a couple months ago. That's right. Super talented musician. He wows folks with his creativity. He does mm-hmm. these videos where he'll mash up two folks. Uh, like he'll say uh, Pink Floyd covering Billie Eilish. And then he'll mm-hmm. make a Billie Eilish song that sounds like Pink Floyd is singing it. Interesting. It's made him very popular on the social medias. Mm, he uh, he's got like half a million folks on on TikTok. He's got like wow. uh, you know 120 or so thousand on on Instagram. He does it. Mm. He does it. He gets it done. And he's going to be on the show. Can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be a good time. 
But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy Yes, indeed. Mike, yep. I, I think I can give you a very fast um, clue on this first one, and you'll get it. A clue related okay. to this show, and you'll get it. All right. Biggest celebrity athlete endorser of this show, as evidenced from a brilliantly crafted email from his publicist. Who is it? Tom Brady. Tom Brady is correct. Yeah. Yes. Turning 40... Five, our biggest oh, fan. Stud muffin. God, I hope I look like that. He's. I mean, he literally is Benjamin Buttoned. It. He is look. He is. He has looked better. Backwards. Looked better throughout <laughs> his career. Like you, seriously. You look at him at like 2009. You're like, oh, what's going on with hey. that dude? He's getting a little rough. Yeah. You know, the neck mm -hmm. was getting a little thick. The scruff didn't look well maintained. You're just like, oh, yeah. He's getting beat up. Now you see him, you're just like, oh, he's so smooth. The jawline looks so good. The smile's yeah, so solid. Yeah. He's making trans transition TikToks where he's mm -hmm. dropping his phone and getting sexed up in the second transition. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Crazy. Little background yeah. on TB. Born in San Mateo, California, went to the University of Michigan where he was backup for his first two years. He was drafted 199th overall in the uh, NFL draft. That would be the seventh quarterback in that draft. Six quarterbacks were chosen over him, uh, which is one of those in hindsight. Wow. We did. Yeah. We did not make a good decision. Um, he was. Uh, he took over the starting role in 2001. Since then, he has become a seven-time Super Bowl champion, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP league, 15-time Pro Bowler, and has NFL records for most career wins, most career passing attempts, most career passing completions, most career passing yards. Hmm. It's pretty good, Mike. Yeah. This guy's got a solid record. It's pretty. It's pretty good resume. Pretty mm -hmm. pretty solid resume. I feel like when he went down to Tampa Bay, there wasn't too much uh, coaxing them into letting him be on the team. Well, no, as you can see, here's so. my here's my resume. Got some records, yeah. pretty good. Oh, and there's these six championship rings. I may win another <laughs> for you. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to TB. Uh, we all know, and listeners of the show know, huge fan of our show. He's put mm -hmm. his full support, full emotional support behind this show. I'm sure he wakes up, I won't say every day, but 75% of the day, and 75% of the days, and he's just like, man, I hope the Doc G show does all right. I hope they're mm -hmm. doing well. You know? I bet you he does yeah. that. It's just, I'm sure he does that. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, Tom. I think that about you as well. I wake up and I'm like, I hope Tom's doing all right. I hope his mm -hmm. millions of dollars and super beautiful wife and super fame and super awesome job. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's squeaking through, you know? It can get stressful, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, happy birthday to the never-aging Tom Brady. Mike, are you ready <laughs> to rip some headlines? What do we got, Doc G? Where are we going? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, very interesting story out of North Carolina. Uh, a woman was angry at her ex-boyfriend 
So she decided the best way to get back at that ex-boyfriend would be to hmm, set his house on fire. What? Oh, run him over. I was going to say run him over. Ah, she mind. took the, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you would characterize those two. One would be, I guess, the more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 setting on the the house on fire sort of like the villain in the old movies like I'm gonna assume mm. he's dying whereas the car you're like he definitely got hit yes yeah. you know anyways um she decided to do this she planned it out she went to the neighborhood she uh started executing her plan the only problem was Mike she got the wrong house ah oh, yeah not good. The homeowner woke up and was like, hey, there's a lady setting my house on fire. Jeez. This isn't good. And so the homeowner went down. He tried to put the fire out with the garden hose, but the lady had sealed the garden hose. That was part oh, of her plan. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, really she, planned it. She put sealant <laughs> on the garden hose. So wow. the homeowner instead got a gun, because why not? Uh, and he went and confronted the woman. When he confronted the woman, the woman had one of the homeowner's dogs on a leash with her. Hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. And and with the police coming, the homeowner was distracted. The woman ran and left the uh, the area, stealing the dog. And fleeing she took the, the dog. scene. She took the dog. Oh, come on. But then, of course, she was arrested just a few miles down the road. Uh, the woman was arrested with the charges of first-degree arson, assault with a deadly weapon, and larceny of an animal. Good. So many things, though, about this story, Mike. So many things. First of all, like, the as we already discussed a little bit, why arson? Hmm. Why'd you choose that way to, like, are you just a pyromaniac? Like, why Why do you think setting a house on fire would be, I mean, obviously I'd argue for peace, but, like, fire's just such a bad choice. It's just yeah. so long to set up. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like arsons never get away. Like, you know, like, it's one of those things, like, I don't know the statistics, but whenever something sets on fire, they always find out who it was. Yeah, it does seem that way. Like, it's always like, oh, is this yeah, jacket? Like, oh, that's yeah. who. Like, it's always, like, it's just a bad choice. Second, mm -hmm. she did so much planning that she remembered to seal the garden hose, but she forgot which house it was? Like, girl, come on! You're telling me before you start, you're like, let me just double check here. Oh, look, <laughs> like, come on, come on. Yeah. And then lastly, good. like you said, Mike, what the did you steal the dog for? Yeah, why the dog? And what not are you gonna do. Not only that, Mike, but in the story it says she had one of the dogs of the owners. Implying that this homeowner had multiple dogs and she just chose one of them was like, I think this is his favorite. F this dog, I'm taking it. Like, you're not gonna take the whole pack? Like, you're just taking one of them. Just so. That was the one that liked her. Apparently, that was the one <laughs> that was that, the dog that doesn't. That's the that dog wasn't that wasn't barking. Work. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. This one seems good, but just anyways. Hopefully, hopefully she gets it together, Mike. Um, yeah, hopefully. 
Mike, a Missouri man made some pretty big news last week because he won $50,000 in the lottery. Say what? Now, mm. you're probably wondering, like, 50000 That's not a lot. It's, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't turn it down. But the reason this made news is because he won this playing the same numbers he had every day for the past 30 years. Wow. Wow. 30 Committed. years, every day, $50,000. Wow. Now, Mike, you know I like to do some, some math. Mm -hmm. I did some math. Sweet. What's the math? $2 a ticket for 30 years, 365 days a year, which would be $21,900 they spent on tickets. So mm. you deduct that from your $50,000, that means you're left with $29,100. Then, let's say conservatively that getting the ticket from the store and checking the numbers takes about 20 minutes a day, right? That seems about right. You go out of your way to get the ticket, you check the numbers, okay. Yeah, 20 minutes sense. a day. That means he wasted 3,650 hours playing those numbers for the last 30 years, which mm. means that the $29,100 that he had left, if you spread it out over those $3,650, it was like him getting paid $8 an hour to play those numbers for the last 30 years. That's what it would oh, be wow. equal to. Thank you, Doc G. Appreciate you doing that. Totally worth it, Mike. Yeah, Both for me it. calculating <laughs> the numbers and that dude for wasting 30 years of his life. Totally wow. worth it. Um, Doc J, fun fact, my grandparents did the same exact thing. In one year, they were one uh, one number away from winning the lottery. Oh, oh so close yet so yeah. far. Mm. Still got a lot of money, but yeah, wasn't the full thing. No, it wasn't the full. Somebody won like mm. $1.34 on that last so mega true. jackpot that happened. One. Really? Yeah. Wait, was that recent or yeah. is that the new one? That was just uh, like last week. Somebody won that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a winning ticket that was sold. There was a winning ticket. They don't, oh, okay. nobody's claimed it yet. Mm. So there's some there's some clueless a-hole out there that it's just sitting in their cup holder, and they're like, did I play the lottery? I think I did. <laughs> uh, they said somebody won it. Uh, who knows? Uh, anyways. Uh, Mike, let me ask you something. If I had a jacket that had been worn by Buzz Aldrin in space on the moon landing, how much would you pay me for that jacket? Mmm, Doc G. Not gonna lie, I did see the auction. Um, but yeah, it would be a lot of money. Over a million dollars for sure. Well, for the listeners out there, for the listeners out there, Sotheby's had an auction. And if you don't know Sotheby's, they are a classy auction house that basically deals in classy stuff. Usually mm. million dollar stuff. Uh, and they... Had a jacket, Buzz, ja uh, Buzz Aldrin's jacket from the first mission to the moon, Apollo 11, and someone bought it for $2.8 million. Jeez. Wow. And I was thinking, Mike, I definitely, I think that would be a cool piece of memorabilia. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I... For sure. I, I would definitely have it. I mean, it's a monumental moment in human history but, like, what would your total net worth have to be for you to actually 
feel okay spending $2.8 million on it? 50. 50 million, probably. For 50? Me. Uh, yeah. I, I think I'd have to be billion. I think I'd a have. Billionaire? Or at least like 500 million, half a billion. Like, mm, I'd okay. have to be up in that range. Like, it would have to be less than 1% of my total worth. Because, like, it's cool. But that's not in my range of cool. Like, I would, uh, sadly, and I know there are going to be some people that are going to judge me for this, but sadly, if Michael Jordan's flu game shoes came up over that, I would definitely pay more for Michael Jordan's flu game shoes. Like, Yeah, man, that would be a tough, that would be a tough one. To me, that moment means more. I know it yeah. means more to humanity as far as going on the moon, but so far we haven't done anything with the moon either. Like, we just visited, mm. and then we did nothing with it. So, like, I mean, it's cool, and we were pushing the envelope, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm going to need, like, I'm betting this guy was a billionaire that bought this. I'm going to say yeah. a billionaire. Either that I or just a, a, a astronaut fanatic. One of the two. One of the two. Anyhow. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an important piece, that's for sure. To have that just hanging up in your house, like, yeah, it's just uh... a... <laughs> Nonchalant. I feel like there's got to be like a lot of cases around it and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Mike, important news out of Missouri. Joe McDevitt has lost his pet zebra. Wow. That's right, listeners. Apparently, you can own your own zebra. I didn't know that you could <sighs> you could do that. But you mm. can own one, Mike. And, and Joe wow. McDevitt does, but he lost it. Oh! Uh, wow. The zebra's name is Marty. Hmm. Which kudos to yeah. Which kudos to Joe because that's a that's a good name. Yes! That's a solid zebra name. Like yeah. <laughs> Marty. That is like he nailed a zebra's personality. Like just the feeling of it. Like you know Marty comes walking up to the fence. You're like God. Get out of here, Marty. Marty. <laughs> Come on, bro. Anyway, so listeners, any Missouri listeners out there, if you're talking to a zebra and they mention that their name's Marty, it's probably Joe's zebra. I'm not going to say 100%, but it's probably Joe's zebra. Most likely is, yeah. Could I don't want to jump to conclusions, but maybe. Maybe. Mike. Joe McDevitt, whatever. Joe name. McDevitt. <laughs> Joe McDevitt and Marty. Joe McDevitt and Marty. Like name. Um... Mike, I think you might have heard of this story during the pandemic. Uh, Archbishop of the Genesis 2 Church uh, of Health and Healing, Mark Grinnan, uh, has been extradited and arrested uh, after being tracked down in Colombia, the uh, country, Colombia. He was arrested for selling a solution that he promoted to his congregation of the Genesis 2 Church, he promoted uh, chlorine dioxide and said it was a miracle mineral solution. Word. He was telling congregants of his church during the pandemic that this cured everything from autism to cancer to COVID to malaria. Hmm. Now, uh, shockingly, Mike, it turns out that it cured none of those things. Uh, and, shockingly, Mike, it was not even chlorine dioxide. Wait, what? It was bleach. Ooh. Yes. Yes. The old cure for COVID, bleach. <laughs> and not too surprisingly, Mike, a bunch of people from his congregation were seriously injured. Um, yeah. Now, 
a judge back in 2020 heard about this and told him to knock it off. Like, now, mainly told him to knock it off, but they didn't know it was bleach at the time. They just knew that it obviously didn't cure COVID, and they were like, stop it, a-hole. Uh, and he didn't stop it. And so then in 2021, he was indicted on conspiracy to commit fraud and criminal attempt. Now, of course, uh, before he faced trial, he uh, apparently hopped on over to Columbia to avoid things. Um, but mm -hmm. they tracked him down. Uh, and now he's going to be standing trial for these things. Uh, my couple things. First off, to the listeners. If anybody offers you a drink that cures cancer, don't drink it. Nope. No. It's gonna... First of all, definitely don't pay for it. <laughs> second, don't drink it. <laughs> don't pay for it. Like, second, why Why did this guy have to be an extra d in this situation is my question. Like, he could have just ripped off the folks in his congregation, like, giving them, like, saline solution. Like, he could have just made it salt water and said it's chlorine, you know, chlorine dioxide. But... He instead doubles down and gives them something toxic. Like, why? Why are you going to do that? Like, People are messed up, Doc G. People are messed up. They have weird intentions. It would but. seem like to me that you would need to add attempted murder to his, uh, to his charges. Uh, yeah. Just saying. Just saying, Mike. I don't know. Pretty much. Not a fan of that guy. Um, no way. Mike, let's head up to Nantucket real quick before we head off to break here. A uh, local fishing boat named the Gabby G ran into a cruise ship named the Norwegian Pearl about 41 nautical miles off the coast of Nantucket early Saturday morning. Luckily, nobody was hurt, Mike. Came out clean. That's good. Yeah, the, the cruise ship went on their way, and the, uh, the ship, uh, the, the, the uh, fishing boat went back to shore. Uh, but I gotta ask, Mike, how do you run into a cruise ship? Mm. Like, how does that... You can see it from miles away. <clears throat> yeah. It's the size of a football field. Yeah. And, They're probably trying to film a TikTok video, Doc G. Come on. We know what it is. You've got a whole ocean <laughs> to maneuver. What are you doing? It's, like, even a TikTok video. What does that last a minute? You've got time to... <laughs> Correct courses. Come on, like, mm. just don't see somebody. They... I saw, I saw a video of a guy got too close to a boat, and the boat pulled him in. Mm. Like the uh, the, the waters. Yeah, yeah, the wake pulled him in. I could see that. I could, but Ooh, still, scary. Still got a radius. Like you got yeah, a radius before you get in did. that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, if I'm out on the open really sea, close. you're like, hey, look at that cruise ship three miles away. Uh. Think about five, pulling us. Five <laughs> minutes later, look at that cruise ship two miles away. Yeah. Two minutes later, look at that cruise ship. But my, like, you got time, Mike. Yeah, you have a lot of time. Anyways, <laughs> Mike, let's take a break. We are going to hear from our fantastic guest. This is none other than Max Frost. This is his great song, Head in the Clouds, right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, how do the listeners create a miracle? Hmm. Go on Apple Podcast, follow, subscribe, whatever you could do. Then go to Instagram, Doc G Show, follow. We're not on TikTok. Not SoundCloud, Doc G Show. Plenty, plenty of platforms. Oh yeah, tune in. Tons of stuff. Uh, follow, uh, follow, follow. Do it, do it. Yes! Sub, uh, sub, sub. Th- exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mike, we need to thank those regulars. We need to yeah, make we the. We need to thank those miracle creators. Mm-hmm. Here they are. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, uh, Mississippi, Los Angeles, California, Asheville, North Carolina. Nice. Might not have got California out right there with Los Angeles, uh, California. I think I might have just said California. I don't know. <laughs> I was getting lightheaded from saying too many hear. things in a row. So, Girl, come on. thank you to all the the regulars. We definitely appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks. Yeah, we do. Thanks. Mike, semi-regulars, got some interesting ones here. Shout out. Shout out to St. Augustine, Florida, right down the road. Beaumont, mm-hmm. Texas. Port, uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. North Carolina. Char- <laughs> North Car- Charlotte, North Carolina. Belgrade, Serbia. Cincinnati, Ohio. New York, New York. Chico, California. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. New Albany, Ohio. Newtonville, Massachusetts. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Philadelphia, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Adelaide, Australia. Puebla City, Mexico. Portland, uh, Oregon. Perryville, Missouri. New Windsor, New York. And Parlin, New Jersey. Shout out. There we go, nice. Mike. Nice. Interesting ones in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. They're, they're fairly regular. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Adelaide, Australia. They're always Adelaide. 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 I love I love hearing an Australian say Adelaide. It's just uh we say it so lame in America. They just mm-hmm. lay into it. Adelaide. Yeah. Just it just it just rolls off the tongue so much better. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yeah. Aussies. We appreciate it for saying your name the way you want to say it. Yeah. Great nice. accents. Yeah. Nice. Huh? Mike. So th- this is a, I, this is such a small update that I'm not even going to roll the intro for it, but I do have a very <laughs> small thing for previously on the Doc G Show. That would be I remembered that uh, Mrs. Doubtfire was not the last movie me and my family all saw together at once. We mm, saw GoldenEye good. together two mm. years later. GoldenEye with <laughs> Pierce Brosnan in 1995, almost yeah. 1996. So there mm. you go. That was the last one. Very good video game on the N64, oh, as I'm sure. the best. One as the I'm best. sure the millennials will attest to that are out there. Mm-hmm. Mike, miscellaneous file. Got a couple of miscellaneous here. Very uh, important stuff. Mike, speaking of uh, pointless content, 
Uh, I saw a social media influencer. She will remain nameless because she needs no extra followers as well. Nope. She's 20 years old. And the other day I saw her telling her followers she learned how to use a drill. Huh? Like a standard hmm. electrical drill. Hmm. And I, I, I got to ask, Mike, do you really have to learn how to do that? Yeah, I don't think there's too many steps. I think there's it's just a button. There's one button. Just press the button. Yeah. It's like if I got on here and I was like, guys, you're never going to believe this. I learned how to start a car the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's the ignition. That's what you do. Jeez. Like, it just, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous, Mike. Anyways, that, I felt like pointing that out. It's pointless content. But pointless. all of her followers, like, were what? Oh, they're very did excited. You really? Do you used a drill? Well, she first called it a uh, she first called it a wrench or something. She called it something that it was not. And then you know, <laughs> there were seventy five comments that were like, "You moron, it's a drill." And then she was like, "Oh, sorry guys, I'm in drill." Uh, anywho, Mike, I was watching local news the other day, and I I, I uh, switched over to national news, mm. and I love something that is the same with both national and local news. Whenever they're taught, whenever they have a story about something big going on, they have to try to connect it to something that's not really connected in the area that they're at. Like I was watching a national news report on the economy, and they're like, "Yeah, some people are saying it's a recession. We have this economist; he's saying it's not a recession." Okay, and they showed some numbers and everything, and then all of a sudden they're like. We've got uh, we've got one of our reporters out at the uh, mall in San Diego, huh? And there's just a dude standing in a local mall in San Diego, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, it seems like there are some people buying merchandise here at the mall." <laughs> um, and it, I'm not sure if it's less or more than it normally is. We asked a couple of store clerks, and they said it's about the the usual. Word. <laughs> what the f does that have to do? How is that going to tell us anything about a recession, Mike? A mild recession that we go to one mall in San Diego and be like, oh, well, that settles it. Recession. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, the Cinnabons only had two people in line. Well, obviously. Oh, uh, no. Obviously. Hmm, what would be a good place to test that. Where is the place that's just you always can't. packed? You can't. You can't. Like, there's not going to be one thing. That's the thing. That's the thing, mm. Mike. There's uh, a line somewhere. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, Dr. E. Fi. <laughs> F-Y-E. That's where every... No? That store doesn't really do business Virgin anymore. Virgin Mega Store has been dead. Uh, what is going on with this economy? Weird. It's sad. <laughs> Mike, um... I've decided, this is something that I've came to a uh, conclusion on after reading a lot of news articles. I've decided that anytime a person under the age of 18 does something dumb, it is mandatory for news outlets to blame it on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is now mandatory. Like, you see it all the time. Headline, 15-year-old shoved a cactus up their rectum. Wait, what? And then... Apparently, it's part of a new TikTok trend. Prickly poo. Like, just <laughs> the most ridiculous <laughs> you've ever seen. And you're like, no, nah, sometimes it's just dumb. Like, yeah. 
But TikTok is to 2022 as weed was to 1972. Like, mm. we're just going to blame everything wrong on TikTok. Like, that's what it is. Mm. When it's much easier back in the day. They're like, they're stoned. That's what they're doing. Now they're stoned and they're making TikToks. It's horrible. horrible. Not good. Not a good combo. Mike, I told you before coming on to the air that uh, had uh, had some, uh, some uh, folks checking out a clip that I put on Instagram about when somebody coughed on me in my office and I was disgusted by this. Yes. And uh, one person commented on it. Uh, Shave your beard. You don't deserve it. Word. <laughs> what? That's not true, Doc G. That was their, don't read the comments. I couldn't really, but I was interested. Like, what do you mean? Does it mean that my beard is like makes me invincible to all germs, and I mm. shouldn't, and I'm not using it properly, or or that if you have a man with a beard, when I'm in public, I should just try to let everyone cough in my face, like that's a custom. Mm. Like, oh, you're sick, get in there, cough, in, <laughs> cough in there. Let me, let me, let me get that. Like, just ridiculous, Mike. Yeah, commenters, you know. Yeah. Post Common. it and ghost it, Doc G. Post it and ghost it. Just get like, it out of there. I like it. I like I like the idea, Mike. Mike, let's hit a couple. Let's let's jump into the new segment. Quick hitters. Here we go. Quick hitters. Uh, Mike, BBC put out an article titled COVID Couples Struggling with Post-Lockdown Life. Hmm. <laughs> Now, the article was about how couples that got together during the pandemic are starting to break up. And this article mm. speculates why they're starting to break up. Mike, I've got my own speculation. Hmm. Can't wait it, to hear both. I want to hear both. My speculation is it's been two years. Yeah. Like, what are these people in a, in a marathon relationship? Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Good Lord, post it and ghost it, Mike. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Post it and ghost it. Get out of there. <laughs> Didn't say COVID marriages, did it? Nope. Jeez. Good <laughs> Lord. Two years. Ridiculous. I didn't actually read why they're suspecting that it is. Oh. Nope. Don't really care. No. They'll work it out or they won't, Mike. It's the, same as, it any, it's, it's, it's the same as any other relationship. 50 50. Yeah, yeah. Got, like, no chance. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Chip and Cindy Wakeman, they were driving home in Ohio when they saw something very interesting. They at first hmm. thought it was a fast food bag, a white fast food uh, bag, plastic bag. But then they realized, no, it was a white groundhog. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Call me cliche, Mike, but I think they should call it Bill Murray. Hmm. For anyone under the age 30, let me explain why that's a good name. Groundhog's Day is a movie from 1993. That's a fact. It Great stars one. Bill Murray. Bill Murray is white. Therefore, mm -hmm. a white groundhog, Bill Murray would work. Yeah, it would. Just saying. I think so. Just saying. Listeners, if you have a better name for that groundhog, you let me know. But I think it's a pretty solid name. Uh, Mike. I think so. 
four-person all-female rowing team broke the world record for rowing more than 2,400 nautical miles from California to Hawaii in 34 days and change. Oh, man, that's wild. Really? Really. They rowed from California to Hawaii. Rowed all the way. What? 2,400 nautical miles, Mike. No breaks. No breaks. I did. Well, I mean, I'm guessing they might have taken like shifts and stuff. I, I oh, would okay. guess. Yeah, they yeah, got yeah. four of them, you know? So. Yeah. But I did the math, Mike. And in that time, they would have been able to listen to every single episode of the Doc G Show. <laughs> nice. So, I'm just saying, they could have set two records then. Mm. Longest anyone has ever listened to the Doc G Show. And whatever rowing thing they did, who nobody cares about. The other one is much more important. <laughs> much more important, Mike. Um, Mike, little PGA news here. Little PGA news. Mark Hubbard hit a hole-in-one on the number 11 hole at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Hmm. Interestingly, as soon as he hit the ball, he dropped his club like he was disgusted with the shot, like it was horrible. What? And then second later, it went in. I got to ask, Mike, is this like basketball and calling calling board, calling bank? Hmm. Since he didn't call it, do we not count it? Sorry, that doesn't count. You thought that that was a horrible shot. Yeah, you thought it was a horrible shot. We're, we're not counting it. Like, I feel like, yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to take that back out of the hole. It does not count. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, like every, it's like every bowler right after they throw a perfect uh, spiral. They're always disappointed. Always. always then strike. Hey! <laughs> strike perfect. They're like kind of amused, but not really. Like, yeah. Well, yeah they're, they're probably disgruntled just because they're a bowler would be my guess. Yeah, but, you know. True. It's like a, the second half. Yeah. <laughs> why aren't there any? Why aren't there any windows in a bowling alley? Hmm. I yeah. just thought of that. That's why it's so depressing in there. There's not a single. I have never been into a bowling alley with a with a. What what is the wood on the bowling lanes <laughs> allergic to to sun? Like what? Why? Why isn't there I don't any? Know. It's depressing. It's smoke filled. It smells like s bowling alley shoes. Put, yeah, so. put some windows in there. <laughs> just thought about that. Mike, I just came on to that. I am starting a bowling alley with windows. <laughs> My new goal in life is to have a bowling alley with windows. But then it's going to be depressing for the people outside who have to walk by and see these people bowling. Like, what are you going to Advertisement, <laughs> Mike. They are going to want to come in and get in, get in the shenanigans in my bowling alley. <laughs> okay. Bowling alley with windows. Get ready for it, listeners. <laughs> get ready for it. Uh, Mike, uh, last story here in the quick hitters. Elon Musk's dad. Did you see this? Ben's pins. All right, that's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, the doc. Yeah. Elon I, I thought you were talking about Elon Musk dead, but I just Ben's pins. Yes, yes, Mike. I'm writing it down, listeners. I'm putting it on my notepad. Ben's pins. Oh my god, it's gonna be such an awesome bowling alley. <laughs> Mike, you're getting credit for that. I'm giving you royalties from the Thank you. from from the uh, the commission 
from mm. all of the the folks that are gonna love my bowling alley, and yes. they're gonna be like, Ben's Pence, where did that come from? I'm gonna be like, uh, mm. <laughs> the greatest co-host ever. <laughs> um, Mike, back to the last story. Elon Musk. Did yeah. you see his dad went on a radio show? I didn't see him on the radio show, no. So Elon Musk's dad went on a radio show in Australia, the Kyle and Jackie O radio show. And uh, it made a ton of headlines uh, because uh, Elon Musk's dad burnt Elon Musk. Jeez. He mm. basically went on there, and among other things, he said, one, he's more proud of Elon's brother than Elon. Uh, two, Elon needs to lose weight. He looked horrible with his shirt off. Uh, three, even though he has a whole, Elon's dad has a whole bunch of cars, none of them are Teslas, and he doesn't want one. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, if it wasn't already the case before the interview, it's definitely the case after the interview. Elon's dad is definitely getting murdered by Elon like myself. That's definitely, he is on that list, Mike. Definitely 100% the case. Talk about daddy issues, man. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder that guy's so messed up. Daddy issues galore. Uh, yeah, and that guy's got some issues. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than the fantastic Max Frost here on The Doc G Show. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Dot G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are thrilled to have a very talented musician who just recently released the EP Flying Machines, and we'll be playing the Troubadour very soon, Mr. Max Frost. Max, how you doing? Great, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm doing good. I think I've got to ask you or, or, or tell you a uh, happy belated birthday. The, Thank you. The big 3-0, man. Big 3-0, man. It's it's a big one. Yeah. It's, uh... It comes at you fast. It comes at you in slow motion and at hyperspeed at the same time. It's very weird how it does that, right? It's, it's, it's like that scene in The Matrix where, where he's got Agent Smith on his back and he gets him off at the last second and does the backflip, except for you don't get out of the way of the train. The train just hits you. <laughs> 30. That's the 30 train. What? Oh, no. Well, you, you, you took a big trip, right? I did, yeah. You know, I took a little time off. I haven't really taken a vacation since like 2018, as I assume many people probably haven't. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Europe, so I like to get over there for a little bits of time when I can and just check it out. You know, it's Very beautiful, nice. but was, uh, was excited to get some birthday love from some fans and just kind of get the music out there and, and keep, on, keep on keeping on. Multiple parts of Europe? Yeah, I was in like France for a little bit. I went to Italy for a little while with some good friends, just kind of, you know, checking it out. Italy's on my list. I gotta, 
I, it just looks so, especially in summer, it just looks so sun-baked and lovely and just Mediterranean and just, yeah, looks great. It's amazing. It's amazing. You got to hit the little towns. And, you know, ever since I've become upset, I went to Florence for the first time and I saw Michelangelo's David for the first time. Mm. And now I'm obsessed with him. I'm, I'm reading a book right now, actually, about when he painted the Sistine Chapel. He's, it's a pretty fascinating story, his life, and how long he lived and how much stuff he got done. And yeah, uh, as an artist, it's probably the most intimidating thing maybe other than shakespeare shakespeare's probably the only other one where it's like these guys 500 years later are still kind of unmatched i i feel like a lot of those renaissance guys are 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 like that i mean they they dedicated they dedicated themselves to art and i mean and then you've got some like leonardo that just are totally. so spread out over everything they dedicated themselves to just doing amazing things so maybe they're gonna find out that the, the reason that all happened is like the earth plates shifted in some way where there was like adderall secreted out of the water or something like how did that many people you know what i mean it's like maybe something just it just seems impossible motivating them each other man the 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 power of of to, to community yeah. power you know just uh, being being together inspiring each other i don't know uh, totally. Speaking of your inspiration, I saw right before the birthday, you actually went on Kelly and Ryan, which I did. That's awesome. I'm I'm gonna say yeah. uh <laughs> I saw your your synopsis on Instagram there. You you put together a, a basically here's here's my day. And yeah. I, I'm gonna make it I'm gonna say it made it seem a little less glamorous than I thought. Like I was waiting for some like, you know, like champagne and like hanging out afterwards. And it was just like back on the plane. All right, there we go. Yeah, like morning TV is hardcore. It's super hardcore. I mean, it's it's a blessing and they've been really cool to to always have me back whenever I release new music. So I'm a big fan of those guys, but uh, it's hardcore. It's just so early, especially if you don't even live on East Coast time. So you're dealing with like a five, six a.m. thing. That's really if you're from L.A., that's two, two in the morning. Ugh. Yeah. So. It's uh, it's hardcore, but it's it's great. It's a good test of like, it's good to get that amount of pressure in one moment and just kind of like execute something. It almost feels like you're kind of getting ready for a, a UFC fight or something. It's like just don't mess this up for like three minutes and then you'll be fine. Well, yeah, but it's you, you really just go for that show. I mean, it's like you get to warm up before they actually have the crowd in there, right? And then it's just that one song. That's it. Yeah, usually, yeah. Sometimes they'll have you do a few. Kelly and Ryan, I think, is the best one, though, because they have a, a really decent light set up, and everyone in there is pretty cool, and they kind of let you get a little more comfortable. You know, Good Morning America is even earlier. Mm. It's a smaller setup. It's a little more cutthroat. Uh, but I've done I've done a pretty decent amount of morning TV, and I've, uh, I've always had a good time. I always love doing the national ones over, like, a local news thing is a different story <laughs> that, that, that seems a little bit wild west going into one of their studios also seems like they'd have a lot less no offense to the local folks but a lot less knowledgeable uh sound folks in the studio oh yeah you just like plug in a guitar and, and hope for the best yeah it's 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 low key yeah it's low key I the one thing I gotta wonder about the Kelly and Ryan show is 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 Kelly is is cracked out on coffee as she seems like you said they're I all mean, they're all cracked out on coffee man they're all like there may be some kind of secret <laughs> uh, I'm not even gonna go there but I don't know what they got going on everyone is like but they're just such 
immaculate professionals at that thing. For example, I don't like have Ryan Seacrest's number, right? But he remembers me. I've done yeah. the show. We have a, a very brief little rapport. Yeah. So he walks in. This is well before the taping has started. He walks in. We're kind of sound checking. He sees me. He's got this little group of people. He walks over. Hey, what's up, man? Blah, 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 blah. But, and then someone's talking to him and he goes, okay, right here. Walks over. And then it was three, two, one. He goes live to some other show to do a, a, a plug-in about what they're about to talk about. 10 seconds later, another one, and then another one. And then he tapes a couple things. It's like he was so nonchalant about going live that he walked over there and talked to me until the last four seconds before he had to walk 10 feet away and boom, go like he didn't miss a beat. He didn't stumble a word. It's like there, uh, it's, it's, I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I would, there would be off days. I'd be like, man, I don't want to do this today. Well, it's, yeah, it's like you said, especially that early in the morning. I mean, you know, I'm sure he got up probably the like same time you did, maybe earlier or something. Just like I'd love to host a morning show that starts at like noon. Yeah, that would be a morning show. Well, I'm always jealous of like the radio dudes that have like the like the 11 a.m. to like 1 p.m. spot that that's their like their their show, and I'm just like that is awesome. You're just like in the middle of the day, you get there like a little bit later than everybody else does for a normal work day. You leave before everybody does afterwards. Like, it's the sweet spot. But those those five in the morning shows, man. Ugh. Ugh. Or, good morning, America, like you said. No way. No way. I'm not going to do anything like that. But the show... <laughs> The show went well, and and like I said, I did really like the Instagram uh, post. And you you've got you've got a lot of good social media. I mean, uh, you've got thousands, several hundred thousand followers on both TikTok and Instagram, uh, and you've got two really popular sort of segments. I've noticed you've got the the mashup segment, which is the most popular, and then you've also got the a song in sixty seconds. Uh, yeah, putting putting together the the songs in sixty seconds, and I think those two videos show me like two things about Ma Max Frost. One, that you've been making music by yourself with multiple instruments for like the last fifteen years or so. So like <sighs> that familiarity with it is just there. And then you love a whole bunch of different types of music. It's all over the board as far as inspiration. I get the feeling that even if social media wasn't there, you would be doing something very similar by yourself without recording it. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, that's kind of how all my records came about. That's how the current show that I've been doing has come about. I do like a one-man show where I kind of run around the stage in a similar fashion. It's, it's a little more cohesive than what I do in those 60-second videos. Um, but social media has been a, it's been a the the coolest way. I mean, more recently than ever. Like you know. We're sort of in like what I'd call like the third age of, of social media. In the beginning, it was like, you know, a picture of you and your grandma's cake or something. And then it became like, you know, memes and uh, mainly photos. But I guess this TikTok age, this video age, uh, the, the vertical short form video age, and, and that coupled with the pandemic, I had nothing but time to try to conquer these platforms. Um, that kind of forced me to figure out some formatting for that stuff, but it's been a blast. I mean, it's amazing how much it's taken off. I mean, in certain ways, I've I've been recently in the past year more often 
recognized for that than I have even for my original music. People were like, hey man, are you the mashup guy? I've seen those. Well, I mean, uh, check out my, my original stuff too, by the way, just check it out. <laughs> there is other stuff. So come on. Uh, I, I mean, I think the cool thing about your, your, your mashup videos, well, and all the content really is yours isn't gimmicky. Like that's the thing is it's it's an actual like there is a gimmick, but you didn't sell yourself like to make some that you know isn't really yeah. like you know isn't music or isn't it's things that you're interested in and you're like well, what would this sound like that'd be weird if these two came together I bet that'd sound cool like and there's maybe a few where I look back and I'm like ah that one's a little cringy you're you trying know, most, a little yeah yeah you know it's just like. Because you run out of ideas, you're like, "All right, let's have the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover Celine Dion, the Titanic song. Let's just try it." I someone suggested so ridiculous that it's almost like, "Can I even make that work?" You know. I remember I watching that one. You seemed a little bit like you. You said you couldn't sing like Anthony Kiedis, and you just didn't feel like you were like, "I can't. I don't sound anything like Anthony Kiedis." And I was just like, "No, he does. He's not feeling this one. He is not feeling this one." That's kind of the key. If you can't sound like someone singing, it's. Because to be honest, I mean, and I won't, I couldn't even name anyone in particular, but I see a lot of similar types of videos out there from from really great musicians on on TikTok and Instagram. But some of them, it's like when it's when it's good, it's it's really a, a good laugh and it's an impressive thing. And when you miss, it's like no, yeah, it's like this crazy. Uh, this is not just this is bad. Yeah. So I, I try to be precious about it to some degree. But I also find that the more ridiculous the the combination. The, the more likely that it actually strikes a chord and goes to like mega millions of views. Well, the, is is the uh, Pink Floyd covering Billie Eilish the most popular one to this point? I think the one that actually got the most views was the Gorillas covering Eminem. Mm. Cause like the results kind of was almost its own song, mm. you know? Or anytime I've done the Killers, it's done well. I did the Killers covering WAP and I did the Killers covering Garth Brooks, which should have been a lot worse than it was, but I was able to find a way. No, no disrespect to Garth Brooks, but there was just a way to. The fun thing about him too is like, I'll always kind of get some, you know, never exactly. Maybe a few times the actual artist has has commented or, or said something, but it's usually like the assistant of the artist or someone that's like, hey, by the way, like, I show them the stuff they love it, but I'm like, get on, tell them to get on TikTok and. Shot me in. I was about to ask if any any of the actual artists, uh, do you remember any of the ones that actually commented? Well, so, you know, there's that massive Gale song, mm -hmm. the ABCDEFU song. She commented on a version where I did Queen covering that song, which was gracious of her. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that um, Brandon Flowers has seen all of the ones I've done of The Killers. And I've been, I don't know for sure, but I've, I, I spoke to the musical director for Billie Eilish who says he texts them to her every time that, that when he saw the one, I guess I've only done one, so that one that he saw, so I don't know. Well, I, de I definitely think those two, there's a, a bit of a psychedelic love going on right now in a lot of music, and so, and obviously Billie Eilish is huge, so I think that one struck a chord because both of those things just people can latch on to very easily. Um, but honestly, like I was thinking, like when I was watching these, that's where a lot of music comes from anyways. I mean, not in a direct, like, Hey, I'm going to mash this up. I'm going to mash this up. 
but it's an artist wanting to sound like another artist and then their influences come through and so it gets mutated into this you know because like I was thinking about it, I was like you know, the Beatles wanted to sound like T-Bone Walker, or the Beatles wanted to sound yeah. like Buck Owens, and of course they don't sound like either, and so when they do a song like that, it comes out sounding completely brand new. So, you know. I couldn't agree more. I, I think that there really is something really essential about that idea that is that is what the evolution of Western music has always been for the past hundred years. Yeah, it's it, it's super it, it's super cool in that way, and I I think again it's one of those things. It, it, it's like a lot of things I think that are popular. It's it's essential. It's very cool, but it's also easy for people to grab onto. Like it's it's not you know. It, it's not something complicated. It's not something that's super like, you know, 10 seconds into the video, person's going, what the is this? All right, I'm, I'm moving on to the next thing. Like, because yeah. that's obviously got to be one of the things when you're making one of those videos is keeping a person viewing for long enough to actually get into the song. Yeah, the fact that I mean, most of those are, most of them are definitely over 45 seconds. Most of them are 60 seconds. So it's, I've been surprised at, how people will stick with them but it's you know it's it's a the thing i like about the age of uh this third age we're in of the of social media is that you can actually get information you can actually see a little bit more about something you know where in the past if someone was just going to post a picture of something that they had cooked they're going to go in the caption and maybe explain some of it but it's not the same thing as watching them do it yeah i think there's just it's enriched what you can experience. I mean, for me personally, I, I've never been more addicted to the phone than with the existence of these things. Like I was never like, oh, I better have it on me in case I catch an extra 30 seconds of time where I have nothing to do and can just stare at it and <laughs> scroll through mindlessly. And now that's like probably how I spend about 40% of my waking life. It's good. It's and it's frightening. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little frightening at the a same good, time. Good loyal capitalist obeying the wishes of the advertisers <laughs> and the mega machines. I'm marching I do, along I, I do sometimes i was just i was just telling a co our co-host on the show they changed they changed the styling again of instagram always trying to keep up with tiktok and i was like people aren't going to like this what did you why did you change it again like just just try to just try to block the wave of tiktok for now and then do something offensive that's new but like it's just I, that that's one of the weird things about social media to me is like, it seems like it's more of this sort of uh, the population consumes it, they devour it, they get sort of tired of it, and then it goes to the wayside. It's like Facebook did that, then you saw it a little bit now in Instagram. Like the only one that seems sort of immune to it is Twitter because it's just weird and it's just you know you just post basically comments and that's it. So. It's it sort of stayed on its own, but it hasn't had like a rise and fall. Makes me think of like a conversation with like Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo in the afterlife, where they're like, "So what happened in your time?" Like, well, we uh, we were able to make these machines that had the brain power of you know a million times of a human being, and we were able to connect them all together so they could think as one thing. We could all interact, and they would they would respond, "Oh my gosh!" So you must have there must have been an artistic revolution. There must have been. There must have been all kinds of incredible things. Like, no, we, we we basically just took videos of dogs that were cute, and we you know, uh, and people fighting. 
and you know, occasionally, you know, voluptuous women. That was basically all that really took place there. That was all that we you know, maybe some cooking advice. No real, not not a whole lot else. That was about it. Every now and then, a guy getting hit in the groin with a football. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, it the pictures of each other and stared at each other. It was like okay. I, I mean, it, it is it is always it it still blows me away whenever like you know you'll be at dinner or something and somebody will be like when did, when did that happen? Yeah, I wonder who was who was president when that happened. You're like. You have this phone. Look it up. It's all in yeah. there. You can look at any of this, and yet you're just looking at, you know, Snapchat or whatever it is. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. But um, I remember in the first band I was in, this this is going to age me, but the first band I was in when I was like 14, someone would all, you know, it was often the singer. She would say some fact about like, oh, you know, Marvin Gaye, this, this, and this. And we'd all be like, no. No. And we'd all have to, at the end of rehearsal, go, okay, we're, we're taking bets here. At the end of rehearsal, we'd go into the one room of the house where there was a computer. We're dialing up to AOL, everybody. Here we go. And like, look it up. To be like, see, it would take like five minutes of digging. It was like, see, we told you that's not true. Hey, at least you didn't have to age yourself to where you're like, all right, we're going to the World Book Collection over here, guys. <laughs> all right, what, Marvin Gaye, we're going to the G's. All right, there we go. That's uh, not in that's here. Fun. But, um, yeah, no, th thinking about those mashup videos, though, uh, looking at those, it does sort of, it, it made me think of when you first, started making music because it is like i said it's creative it it seems fun and creative when you're doing it like okay how would they sound what would this sound like and i know you really i mean you you you've been playing guitar since you were eight but like you really started making music sort of with the hip-hop community like somewhere oh nine ish somewhere in that range yeah that was when i guess that was kind of my my recording revolution like my my live playing and singing thing came from the rock blues funk world of austin yeah there is a great hip-hop community in austin and and a lot of those guys took me under their wing and were like showing me how to make beats and showing me you know a, a completely different way of making music that i had thought was immediately more satisfying and made more sense because it sounded more like modern music to me. When I would go into a studio with a band, it would always come out way below my expectations. Whereas when you go in with the more modern style of making music, you you have expectations, but you generally are finding what you're looking for instead of, here's our song, here's how we play it, let's go in, record it, and hopefully it turns out well. That's That to me is it's so much more difficult to do that than to just start building something. Yeah, that's that, that's why I'm always amazed at some of the producers that make sort of that old school music that can go into the studio in like a day or two and just make this amazing sound just because of how good they are with all the analog controls and microphones and just placement. And you're like, I mean, Dave Cobb is one of those guys in, in Nashville that you're just like, it seems like everybody that I've talked to that works with him is just like, yeah, we went in there, he pulled out a couple of things, and was like, go. And then we played it, it sounded amazing. And I'm like, what? How did, like... But yeah, um, with, with that, as far as, like, music creation with the hip-hop community, it seems like, too, they, they sort of were jazzed about what you brought 
to them when you first started playing with like Kid Jones bringing in the hooks that you could sing, guitar parts that you could bring? They were like, oh man, we haven't heard this stuff before. This is cool. Yeah, it was... Well, because, you know, they had moved into a new era. It's interesting how what I was doing was like a relic. It was like relic soul singing and relic guitar playing. So it was just kind of a different flavor. And and um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that I could play bass and play guitar pretty well just kind of made the record sound more expensive. Nice. Was Russian Roulette the first song that you put out with uh, Kid Jones? I don't know. I think Sun. I I think Sunday Driving was probably the first song I put out with with him. Yeah, yeah. Russian Roulette. Um, I remember we actually made Russian Roulette and and Nice and Slow in the same day. Nice. Like I had the for that, and then Kid actually originally had a verse on that, but I decided to just make it a, a solo song. But um, yeah, I remember. I remember that well. That was always in an apartment with a lot of with thick smoke in the air and just kind of, you know, making stuff out of like, I think he had like a, he had a weird laptop. I can't even remember what kind of laptop. It looked like a gaming laptop. Uh, Something kind of, I mean. Glowing but green yeah. lights on it and such. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three loops. I was in Logic back then instead of Ableton. I'm all in Ableton now. Oh man, I, I have heard some some Ableton lovers on our show before. I feel like it's the hybrid between live performance and music creation. Like it's I f- yeah, I think it's the close. I think it's a DAW that actually feels like an instrument instead of just a place to record music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think every DAW has its strength, but I think that it's like choosing your fighter for Mortal Kombat. You know, it's like I, I just think that Ableton inevitably has the most flexibility. Who would who would Ableton be on Mortal Kombat? Who are we talking? Probably Scorpion. Ooh, get over yeah. here! Yes, <laughs> yes, classic, classic. I'm Raiden was always my go-to when I was rusty because I couldn't I couldn't rem, like he had the easiest moves to remember, especially when you're like in the arcade trying to play. It's a right throwback for any listeners that are over the age of. Uh, I guess 20, 27. Yeah, 27. We'll say 27, yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, relatively around that same time that you were starting that music sort of with the, the hip-hop community, you were still performing, you know, a bunch in Austin, and you performed with Gary Clark Jr., um, who, you know, I'm sure all the listeners are familiar with Gary Clark Jr., because... He's got four Grammys. He's played with the Rolling Stones. He's played I have at the, four Grammys now. I didn't even know he's he has got four. four. Yeah, four Jesus. Grammys. Nominated, nominated six times. Uh, one at four. Uh, but uh, wow. you know, played Saturday Night Live. Played that All Star game. Um, and I, I sort of wonder because it's like you said with your music. You know, you're talking about like sort of being a relic. Uh, mm. Watching Gary Clark. Junior, I mean, definitely, if I was watching him in, like, 2010, 2011, I would see the talent. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you asked me if he was going to become famous, uh, I'd be like, uh, yeah, no. Like, nobody like nobody wants to... This isn't going to be popular enough to be, like, a, a, a pop star. Did I mean, right. did you see that popularity coming? 
No. I mean, I listen, I always saw that Gary was so cool and was so talented and just, and the people were gravitating toward him. And I saw that there were people who, who seemed to kind of be like, oh yeah, this is, something's happening here. Something's happening here. But I also inside, I remember just thinking like, and I felt this about anything I was doing, especially at that time, I was like, yeah, it's too bad that the world has like moved on from this kind of music because I feel like he's great at this and we're great at this. And it's a shame that this is what we love to do. But, you know, thank, thank God it, that didn't seem to be the case. I mean, this is kind of right before there was another kind of like revival. You know, I, I feel like uh, the Black Keys is a more pop alternative example of it, but you know, there wasn't like an Alabama shakes then there wasn't yeah. like as much stuff that is, this is especially in the late two thousands, you know, this is like around the time Kanye's dropping like graduation and, 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 you know, 50 cent and stuff. That's just, it's a, it's, it was a different era that just hadn't quite bent around to more roots based music yet, or at least not on the surface, Look, you know, that's, that's what I would say after, you know, in the early tens, you had this sort of Americana revival of all sorts, blues of folk. I mean, you had like Jason Isbell coming up. You had, like you said, the Alabama Shakes coming up. You had, you had yeah. the, uh, the Everett Brothers coming up. Like you had a bunch of these bands that all played more classic, more organic music from, um, like you said, like those things of the early or the like late 2000s were much more polished. And, you know, I think yeah. you always have that sort of reflexive flip at some point in time that people say, okay, we want to get the more raw thing now. We want to hear that that raw sound. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think at the end of the day, great songs are great songs and the forms that they come in are more just kind of uh just people being smart and dialing them into the palette of where listeners are at at the time so that they're able to not be too challenged to grab something yeah i don't know it's an interesting thing now to see circling it back to to tiktok again it's it's interesting interesting to see how a song can be a hit now that no one's promoting and that came out like 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's insane. And I think it actually might be a foreshadowing that we're entering a time where I, I, yeah, I, I we've just made so much music. Well, there's there's yeah. no context. That's the thing that blows me away about that. Like you said, yeah. whenever I talk to somebody under the age of let's say 22 that is like completely immersed in this and that's basically where they've been getting their music is playlist and tiktok for the last five years they have no idea the decade they have no idea the like genre they have no idea like if you ask them like hey is this a you know Let's say they're listening to a country music song, and you're like, "Is is, is this a, a bluegrass song? Is this?" And they're like, "I I don't know. It's a song I like. Sounds care. good. Like, yeah." They don't care because those terminologies really, I don't think, were created to describe music. They were created to describe markets. Yeah, and and they needed to have those designations because the radio stations were way more specific to a market, and because you had to go organize it in a record store. For me, when I was nine years old, and Napster came along maybe seven or something, 
that was the way I first absorbed all the music that was the beginning. And I didn't think of it in, oh, let me go to the hip hop section of Napster. I just heard, oh, that Miss Jackson song. I like that. I downloaded it. I didn't even think about that it was, oh yeah, I listened to that song and then I listened to Green Day. That to me didn't matter. It, it, it was just, it I was, liked. It was wild. I uh, We just had Dispatch on the show last week. And, you know, their song, The General, went absolutely insane on Napster. Like, that's how they got popular. Uh, wow. And, and, like, talking to them, like, I was thinking about it going into the interview, and I was like, like, now that's the thing is you see this virality on TikTok. You see this virality on playlist. Uh, you know, a huge uh, entity will put it out on a playlist and it starts bumping up or or and you you still got some type of like advertisement or some type of algorithm that's pushing people towards it but in that case mm-hmm. it was literally people just word of mouth going hey you should download this song it's awesome somebody else <laughs> hearing it and going oh that's awesome and downloading it and i was like and i just i, I asked them i was like how many millions and millions of, of of downloads do you think you guys had in that time? Because they, I mean, from that, they had a concert in downtown Boston that had a hundred and estimated 120,000 people attend. Oh. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy. And it's, it's also crazy to look at sort of, you know, how, like you said, it sort of shifted over, over time as far as that. And I mean that goes back to what I was going to bring up uh, next was actually your your song White Lies, which sort of had a different type of virality because it was in the in the well it had a TikTok virality. I'll get to that in just a second, but it also had a blog virality, which is is now one of those weird things, sort of an anomaly. Like, I mean, blogs still exist, but they're not popular like they were in the early 2000s and 10s. That was sort of the kingmakers. And Pigeons and Planes put out your song on their blog, and you have this blow-up. You have this, yeah. this thousands of downloads. Did you even know they were going to put it on that blog? I did not. So I did not. I, I found out just from my email notifications wow. going crazy from SoundCloud. And so and and uh right before that, a pretty horrible thing happened. Your guitar, your your laptop, all of your music on that laptop, literally everything that you had created pretty much up to that point was on that yeah. laptop. And you were at was that at Antones that you were at? No, it was at uh, a much worse place called Mohawk. Mm, mm. Horrible place. <laughs> well, definitely after that happened, I could see how you would say that regardless. Um, yeah. But, so it's all stolen. That Was was that three days before uh, it was put on the blog? You know, it's funny how your memory starts to blur stuff. I started remembering that it was the next day, but I think it might have been a few days. I don't know. I just kind of went into like a drunken coma what? and just was like, all right, well, that's it. I was about to yeah. say, what did, what did you do for that time? Because I would definitely just be like, I mean, it'd be like, what what do I do? There, there it is. That was my whole career up to that point. Gone. I remember just going to a friend's house and just drinking and falling asleep on his couch. And then, because to me, it was like, oh, okay, this means I just got to go back to school. And this is the universe's way of telling me, you know, 
Like I, I, it wasn't like I was giving up on making music, but that was a period of my life that was very kind of experimental. I was like, well, I'm just going to take one semester off and see if I can make anything happen, you know, that's, that's worth shaking a stick at. And then if not, I'll just go back to school. Gotcha. gotcha. And uh, to me, I thought at first was the sign, go back to school. Was that was that where the EP title "Low High Low" came from? Was the feeling? Yeah, of... yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I I've heard you talk about this. Uh, along with that, obviously, when you uh, had your music stolen, that song was was stolen. All the you know, all the 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 preliminary tracks, all the bass tracks of everything that you had for all of your songs, including white lies were there. So yeah, like you can't go back and really look at it now if you wanted to and say, all right, well, here's, here's the bass track. This is exactly what I did. This is what I had on like, and I, I heard that you don't even really like, you don't know the specifics and you don't remember the specifics of really writing it, even like the environment that you were in when you're, you, you remember where you were. You just don't remember the specifics of it. There's, I, I remember quite a bit. It's more like, I just don't remember actually when the pieces came together on the song. Mm. I just, that's the part that's a blur. Like I remember being like, I'm trying to do this. I remember having the beat and every time I played the beat, I was like, oh, there is, this feels like something. I just got to get the right. And I even remember like writing a chorus called White Lies on it that wasn't like that chorus and was like longer notes and a different melody. And I was like, ah, oh, it's not it. And then it was also like at a time when I really hadn't mastered how to sing in a higher register yet. Mm -hmm. The vocals very like it's very kind of like weak, you know what I mean? Which I think in a weird way kind of it works. is part of the vibe of the song. Yeah, it's like a tiny little vocal. Um but yeah, I don't rem really remember writing it necessarily. But I do remember then having it and almost having this sense about like I was kind of embarrassed to play it for people because I was like, are they gonna think this is cheesy? You know, but that was never the, always the reaction I got was like, I knew I had something because of the way people were just like, what is that? You know, now um, looking back on it now, do you have like when you listen to it now, like because, you know, a lot of folks, when I talk to them about their songs, it's always like that best song that they're like, oh, that was the easiest thing to write, man. Like, and obviously this is the song that has been, well, it's close with Adderall, but uh, it, it's one of your sure. best songs. And um, and again, best in popularity, listeners, not saying it's as best as uh, far as. Uh, I take no offense. Um, but like, do you look back on it and go, ah, that was like, uh, do you go, man, I was in a zone when I was making that. Or do you listen back to it and go, yeah, I've written better. No, it, the song is good. It, it's hard to, it's, and I just say that it's sort of like, uh, songs are like jokes that you know if they work when you do them in front of people. Yeah. And you can try to convince yourself a joke is funny, but if no one laughs, it's just not funny. You know what I mean? And and when a, when a joke remains funny every time you tell it, it's like, I guess it's pretty funny, you know? You don't necessarily know, like everything's kind of funny in your head if you think it's worth 
coming up with. Yeah. You think it's going to work and you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. Well, it definitely worked. It definitely was funny to other people. Sounding good when people started hearing it. Um, it, and like I mentioned, it also had a second life as far as virality. Just recently, uh, yeah. it got a run again on TikTok, which, like you said, by the time it had a run on TikTok, it was now, what, eight years? Yeah, seven, eight years old by the time it, it resurfaced there. And so Eliza Petey, she, she, uh, she made a video, and you actually went out to meet her. Uh, I did. Was, yeah. Was she jazzed when you came out? Yeah. Yeah. Her and I stay in touch here and there. She's amazing. She's this brilliant young archaeologist who lives in Salt Lake City and has this. I always, every time I talk to her, I'm like, you should, I know this isn't ever what you thought you should do with your life, but you should act. Like, I think you're an actor and you just don't, you just don't want to, you know, but she's, she's a, a very a very when i say a powerful tiktok star i just mean that she's one of those few people that like anytime she does something it just works and it trends because she's just very honest and she has great facial expressions and she's very funny and is interested in what she does but yeah she just made this this bit you know kind of recontextualizing the lyric of i'm picking up really sketch vibes yeah and it it started trending with people doing that i would i would kill to have that power to think of the things that will uh, that's that's one of those other weird things on those TikTok trends is like that you know it is it's like you said it's there's a special talent that you have to have to bring it in but it's also it isn't just acting right like it's it's a special type of acting that you have to have and it and it's the very compact sort of reactions and intriguing like you said facial features that are like I gotta see that again run that again keep going yeah like, you know like it's uh but it, it is hers is cool because obviously when you think about it it's one of those things you hear that it has that build up to the lyrics and i'm pitching uh, i'm picking up really sketch vibes and people just of course there's all kinds of things you want to point out in your life they're like this is weird why did this happen this is weird yeah. <laughs> not calling out anyone on your specific trend there with that one but like that's another thing on those tiktoks that surprises me is there there i do i watch some of them and it's like you said like some people have it some people don't i watch some of them i'm just like how are you so bad at lip syncing like you are no yeah. you are nowhere <laughs> close to his lyrics you're like a half a second off of them like that was the funny thing is seeing it resurface again is all these kids being like, what is it saying? Is he saying biscuit fries? They're like, what is he saying in the song? Which I think is actually a fact of just the fact, you know, that I never got to properly mix the record. It's just my export from Logic, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's the, the lyrics are sometimes hard to understand in that song for I'm, sure. I'm picking up really biscuit fries. All right. Picking up biscuit fries. Yeah. That's Maybe that was. Maybe that was what I would have said. I mean, that, that that happens in all songs, though. You know, like, there's so many of those that you just... You, and there's always... I think everybody has that one song from their childhood that, like, they thought that it was saying something for so long, and then all of a sudden somebody, like, tells them what the real lyrics is, and it's just like, what? Yeah. Oh, that makes so much more sense. What I was thinking was so dumb. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I can't yeah. I can't think of any particular ones right now, but there are definitely like at least like 
five or ten of those. Five. Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> but it's this guy. Uh, in the polar opposite direction, I remember when that Blank Space Taylor Swift song came out. I'm like, is she saying "Little Lonely Starbucks Lovers"? <laughs> Which I was like, that's cool. I just that's just and it sounded good. But yeah, that, you know, it's got a long list of ex lovers, but it sounds like "Little Lonely Starbucks Lovers." <laughs> I was like, that. There's a lot of those. Yeah, and you. I mean, and then that's the thing is like, even when you find out the lyrics and you go back and listen to it, you're like, no. No, it sounds better with what I thought it was to begin with. Like it's hard to si- yeah. it's hard to sing it with the actual real lyrics. I don't like that. Not um, fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that EP, that uh, first huge blow up of of uh, White Lies, led to your record deal with Atlantic. Uh, yes. You're no longer with Atlantic. The new EP is uh, independent. Indie. To put it generically. Would you say the years on a major were frustrating? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, there were there were people there who I, I really loved and who I still miss. Um, there's something always exciting about knowing you have a rocket strapped to you if you can just find a way to do a couple couple magic tricks and get it lit. Um, I feel like we're in a good age now where the power is returning to the hands of the artists in the previous years. Like most of the first years of my career, everyone I met was like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to get signed. I'm just trying to get signed. I'm like, I don't think you understand that that doesn't really solve your problem. Like that doesn't solve your problems because they can't make you famous. They can't make people like your music. It's funny. I always see this stuff where people say, oh yeah, this is an industry plant. I'm like, if the industry could plant stuff, this would be so easy. It would literally just be, there would just be like, people would fight to the death hand to hand. And then whoever won the tournament would get to become famous and they would make him hit songs and just like, no, you're Elvis, here you go. Here's the throne. It doesn't work like that. It's a, it's, it's truly a democracy. Radio used to kind of not be a democracy. That was more like getting a hit song at radio was like getting a bill passed through Congress. You had to get through every little part of the country, which I, you know, I think that there's good things and bad things about the way that it shifted. But yeah, look, I don't know. Even the people who are wildly successful at major labels are going to be frustrated. But I think no different than even the, you know, people who are CEOs of their own massive company get frustrated. When you have that many people and that much money, bureaucracy is just part of it. And it's just hard. It's just hard to get happen. You know, it's great when you win and it's double bad when you don't you know it's just a tough game yeah i always whenever you hear when i whenever i hear those sort of you know industry plant comments i'm like if any if anything the record label is attaching themselves to artists that's what they do the thing they have the ability to do is market they have no creativity whatsoever (laughs) they have marketing ability that's what they have yeah an industry plant would just be a label doing their job and succeeding yeah. with an artist they had found. You know. Well, now, before I move on to the new EP, I've got to ask, because I, I was cruising through the channels, uh, and Family Feud was on, and yeah. there's Max Frost, part of Chris Bosch's Friends and Family uh, yeah. episode. And, yeah. and I've noticed you seem pretty good friends with Chris, and I just got to ask... How does a musician from Austin 
strike up a friendship with a basketball player from Dallas? It's uh, it's one of just those odd, mysterious, cool things that have happened in my life. You know, <laughs> uh, I got an email years ago that uh, I mean, really, I guess I have his wife to thank for quite a bit of that because she had heard some of my music and then when he was throwing a birthday party she kind of threw me in a short list of stuff of like hey check check out this we should book this guy for the party so i flew to miami and played this show for like him and like you know some people on the miami heat and i was like what am i doing here i'm like this is not like well this is so this this can't be that seems pretty correct. intimidating I'm like they must think that i'm mike snow i'm like they thought they were booking mike snow you know, Chris is a super cool guy. He's super into music. He's super into art. He reads more than almost anyone I know. You know, his family's great. And uh, we just kind of have developed a friendship over the years. So when he's doing Family Feud, he he gave me a call. They, they gave me a call. She seems like a big fan of your music. I've noticed she comments on almost anything music-wise on, on your post. Uh, she, she's a big supporter, as is he. It's, it's, a good, it's a good confidence boost to have people in the world that that could could be anywhere and be listening to anything and, and they're and they're they're, they got my back which is great well now i didn't watch the whole episode uh most important obviously on family feud you didn't you didn't you didn't do any dumb answers did you did you come out that was, my, that was my only goal i was like i'm just gonna make sure i don't say something so dumb that i end up on that the highlight like, reel <laughs> reel i'm like i just want to if i can avoid that this will be a success did you avoid it I did. No, I did. I didn't get any answers wrong. Nice. So, I was uh, I was a decent link on our team. That's it's a good. tough game. It is. Well, I mean, I think it, it's just it's just one of those pressure things, man. When you've got that time and they're they're asking you, and all of a sudden you got to come up with this answer. It's an easy like it's an easy thing when you're sitting at home. You got nobody looking at you. <laughs> but they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They they always put it into you know they're like. What's something uh, a wife would use to <laughs> kill her husband in the bedroom? I saw, I saw that I one. Like, you guys know what you're doing. Like you're trying to get someone to say something stupid or inappropriate. Like you're trying to do that. Well, you got, you, you got to get that that 10 second clip, man. You got to get the the pull, pull people in. But I did like uh, on that one. Chris's comment right back when he was like, that's why we don't have any lamps in our house. When she said that lamps is the number one answer, Steve Harvey came over and was like, she got that number one answer, Chris. And he's like, that's why I don't have any lamps in the house. And I was like, oh, nice comeback. <laughs> nice comeback, Chris. He's good. Uh, random side note, my brother went to Georgia Tech. Uh, he, oh, okay, he, cool. He was there right before Chris. And it was funny, the whole time his senior year, uh, there was one class that he had right before uh, a class that Chris had, and he was just oh, like, cool. he was always just like, it's so weird. We got a sea of nerds, and then this six ten dude with the sea of nerds that's just sticking out uh, on top yeah. of everybody walking in. He was like, it's got to be so strange for him. Like, there's no way you can hide as that dude. Like, mm. oh yeah, especially couple that with then he became very famous. Yeah. so it's like a. There's no hiding. There's no there, a baseball cap doesn't do him any good. I've spotted him from a plane before. I was flying in to Austin. I could just <laughs> there see him. Is. In front. But, yeah, there's Chris. <laughs> well, now on the new EP, uh, a lot of cool things with it. You actually teamed up with uh, Rally, a cryptocurrency, uh, yeah. to make your own, which actually gave buyers the chance to get all those mashup songs. They, yeah, yeah. 
I'm guessing I, that excited uh, folks. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that I, I found out about Rally maybe a year and a half, almost two years ago. I've always had the idea of, man, if it would be so cool if there would be a way to like invest in an artist. Because at the time, especially in the, the blog era, and you know, as everything has been mutating, there were so many friends of mine who constantly would call stuff. Like I remember a friend of mine in high school. I mean, this is like forever ago, like 2008, 2009, being like, man, there's this guy, Kendrick Lamar, dude. He's so sick. You got to check this guy out before anything had really surfaced on him. And I kept thinking, why couldn't a person who calls that early and either wants to be a supporter beyond just like, I listen to the music, like you want to bet money on it or be the first person to share something and that gives back to you. I couldn't conceive of how that would work. I was like, because just, you know, to be part of an artist's career at any other concept of the business, you had to, are you a publisher? Are you a manager? Are you a label? Are you going to be an agent? You got to be part of it. And so Rally had this idea of creating a crypto currency that operated as an artist creator economy that would basically allow fans to buy in and become part of it so that if more fans bought in if the you know the value of the currency that represented what they do became more valuable they would actually participate in the growth of an artist so i thought it was an amazing idea i also thought it was a great way to avoid me putting uh, the mashup full-length songs on the first layer like i just i didn't love the idea of my spotify yeah being like oh yeah here's these other weird things he does from tiktok that just felt kind of trash kind up. of yeah it just felt tacky so i I avoided that, but it, it worked really well. I mean, part of it was just the luck of the timing of me being part of Rally early. and But it's an awesome company. And obviously right now, I think all of crypto is is going through a bit of a dark few months. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, no, that was the key to me being able to actually put a good foot forward as an independent artist. It was, it really was, it really was like, kind of the opposite of getting the stuff stolen many years ago. I was like, okay, I'm independent now. How am I going to do this? And then that arrived just in time for me to actually go make and market this this record. Nice. Nice. Now you worked with one producer on the EP which is different than in the past. So one producer for for all the tunes. Um Yes. What do you think that did for the EP? Well, you know. I think it's the most cohesive sound I've ever had. I think that in the past, I've had good songs and I, I think that I have a sound, but I also think that I'm a bit of a wanderer. And obviously as as the TikTok mashup stuffs have shown, you know, I, I'm a fan of a lot of different kinds of music. So I think that that was kind of often a, a criticism that Atlantic sort of had for me was like, well, you got to like pick a lane and stay here and you got to, you know, but I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think that works for some people. I find myself in the long run, not sticking with artists as much who just always kind of sound the same. I mean, I think I could do a better job at being like, my goal for the rest of my career is to be like, okay, this is the sound I like right now. I'm gonna make a body of work with this. And then if I wanna move on, I do it on a separate body of work so you can kind of travel with me along that. But yeah, no, Jen Silvio is a brilliant songwriter great producer and she we met during a zoom session in the beginning of the pandemic we wrote a song called cool kids together which is the second single off the ep and i just really liked her vibe she she just resonated with me as a person and we like a lot of the same music and i just knew she would be a great you know creative resource to help me kind of find my place with with making an ep completely in kind of a vacuum for the first time you know 
it's a different story when, when you're making a record on a major label everybody wants to come take a crack because if they get a song then they're going to get paid by the label whereas it's a different story when you're an independent artist you get to find out who really actually wants to work with you and who is just trying to like take a shot so they can get a little producer fee or something like that not to say that anyone's disingenuous who works with major label artists i find myself in the same boat i do sessions for other people all the time yeah. but i think it's an easier way to just know that no one's going to be here doing this with me unless they really are interested in the music and think and believe in it and and want it to be something that people hear. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about Jen and you honestly, you know, like at least I was thinking about it. You don't see, I mean, producer is one of those male dominated uh, careers. Like, I mean, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but it's got to be seventies, yeah, eighties. Sure. Oh, like, like, I mean, yeah, probably higher than that. Uh, wh yeah. What's it like in your experience? I mean, did you see like, was there any noticeable difference, or was there any benefit, or was it just the exact same? It's the same. I've always worked better with women creatively, uh, whether it's on videos from a visual side, whether it's from songwriting anything like that i've always uh you know i feel like even my best track record as a songwriter has been writing with women for their project or you know i mean i, I don't know if you know who upsall is but i met upsall when she was like 17 18 and did her first few songs that she kind of put out to kind of get her career going and still you know keep in touch and write here and there i've, I've always just kind of uh i don't know i guess especially writing for women allows me to get more out of my own way and i think that it maybe maybe it's vice versa for for when they're writing for me or when we're making music together there's just kind of something more symmetrical about it nice nice yeah, yeah. we had we had we had upsall on the show uh that was about a year ago i think oh uh, cool did you were you were you involved in drugs was that uh one of the songs i was, I was not that's uh, uh, i was uh, it's a great song. Yeah, I uh, I remember her. We were living together in L.A. at the time when she made that song, and she played it for me. And I remember being like, have you done any drugs, Taylor? <laughs> and then the song, I was like, come on. Let's have and a then, serious uh, conversation. You need to yeah. get get yeah. your life together. No, she's... Uh, I remember. I would literally remember my thought being like, oh, your parents are going to hate this song. <laughs> it was like my thought, like, oh, man, your parents are not going to like this. They've I, come around to it now, you know, of course. I, I, t I told her that that was actually one of the questions that I had for her was like being her age and some of, yeah. uh, some of the songs that she had. For me, I was thinking more of the awkwardness of the sexuality in some songs that I was like, did oh, you... Yeah. Did you did you play this for your parents? Cause I like if I if I even now if I played that song and I wrote it with my parents, I'd just be like, "Oh Jesus, I got to get out of the room. This is so awkward. I can't take it." Like this is yeah. And she was like, "I mean, it's awkward for me." You know, Taylor's like a little sister. It's like I don't. You know, I've known her since she was too young, so I just am like, I'm just ignoring <laughs> all that. I like, I like a lot of these songs. You know, she's super. She she's like yourself. Uh, I love her mashup or her sixty second songs. Uh, when yeah, she does that, it's, it's and the freakish thing she does on there is those duets with people. I've attempted that. I can't do it. It's so hard. I was able to get like one and it flopped. I was like, this is so hard. I don't know how she does it. She's I, able to. I love her rant yeah. ones where, you know, where she, I don't think she's done one in a long time, but where she would just take people yelling 
and then exactly. she exactly that's what I'm talking about. That's so hard to do. Yeah, she she, so she definitely can. It's impressive how she can make a melody out of it for sure. Um, but back to, to to flying machines. If I were to ask you, sort of last question here, what's the sleeper track? Change shape. Change. Oh man, that wasn't even a hesitation. That's uh, all right. Change shape. That's the track, I think. That's that's the one that you're you're feeling the most for sure. I just think it's the cool. I just think it's really cool. I, I think it's a song where I'm like, I can't give you another song that I think this sounds like. You know, I think just as a production and as a vibe, it's just a very dynamic, cool record. I did it live for the first time on the recent release shows I did in Austin and New York, and it just it's just got some power to it. I really love it. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I'm going to I'm I to be honest, I haven't listened to it yet and I'm going to listen Check to it. Check it out. In fact, we're going to listen to it here in just a couple of seconds. But Max, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and talking with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun talking with you. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Max Frost at maxfrost.net or you can follow him on social media at maxfrost on on Instagram. On TikTok, it's maxfrostmusic. Apparently some a-hole had Max Frost already, I guess. I don't know. Um, But anyways, I digress. Right now, let's take a listen to Change Shape right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Max Frost. Fantastic. Fantastic, Mike. Just an enjoyable guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes in interviews, I just get... And nothing against anybody else that's been on the show, but sometimes I just get in a groove talking with a person, and I'm just like, this person's so easy to talk to. And Max yeah. was one of those people that I was like, this guy's so easy to talk to. That's a fact. This is nice, you know? I can see why Chris Bosch is a good friend of his. I'd be mm -hmm. a good friend of his, you know? Yeah. But Max doesn't want me as a good friend, you know? What? Wow. Not saying that he's not being nice that he doesn't want. It's just that uh, we're not at the same place in our lives, listeners. Not yet. You know? Uh, not yet. But when we're both at the top of the mm -hmm. the, the entertainment worlds, Word. he's up there being Dua Lipa, and Rolling Stone is writing articles about how he's going out and getting it. And I'm mm -hmm. up there with the Doc G Show, and, and Mike's like, hey, how about we have a live show in Bali tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, gas up the private jet. Let's do it. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. This uh, is called Made Up World That Will Never Happen, listeners. Mm. Um, but it's nice to think. Anyways, yeah, it is. Max was a lovely fella, and he makes some good music. That guy's crazy talented. So true. Those yeah. his like his videos like that make me want to be a musician. I think more than anything, the ones where they just literally create a song, a full song with all layers in sixty seconds, and I'm like, God, you're talented. I mean, I know, awesome. you know, yeah. I know they cut and splice things, but still, like the ability to just pull up the bass, do a bass line, pull up your drums, play the drum beat, pull up your guitar, play the guitar. Pull out the, the keyboard, play the guitar part, do the different harmonies. Boom, I've got a whole song. Jeez. What? Like, it's yeah. crazy. That's super cool. awesome. And then I'm sitting over here like, nah. Nah, I guess I can. Got Photoshop skills. Yeah. I, 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 I <laughs> can, line up, can line up these podcast tracks like you don't even know. Like, Wham. It's just ridiculous, Mike. But anyways, listeners, if you get a chance, you need to check out the, uh, the EP. It is fantastic. It is awesome. Thanks to Max for being on the show. We definitely appreciate it. Hopefully he comes by soon when they have some live shows in Florida. Mike, it is time for the fastest growing segment in the nation. Mm, top three, top three, top three. Doc G, top three. And this week, Mike, I had to pull out an old man topic. I was thinking about what topics we should do. I was like, what can we rate? What can we judge? And I was like, you know something that I always think about on a daily basis because it's always irritating? How people drive. It irritates mm -hmm. the crap out of me. There are all kinds of things that people do regularly that I'm like, oh, son of a, you know? <laughs> and so yeah, sure. this week we are going to do the three most irritating things that drivers do. What irritates you? So, Mike, I will say, number three, what irritates you? Hmm. Okay, so this is a new one. I was waiting on, I was waiting to go up a mountain, and uh? there was a line of cars of some kind of traffic incident. We were only there for five, ten minutes, mm -hmm. and the guy in front of us, or the guy behind us gets out of his car first, 
Then the guy behind him gets out of his car first. They go up to kind of see, then they walk back. So the guy in front of us gets out of his car to see what's going on, walks up, and then he's walking back. And then there's a line of car. He's like trying to shuffle back because he realizes he sees he's moving. Mistake. Yeah. He's like, yeah, so stay in the cars. That was like kind of irritating. Why are you getting out of your car? Basically, I, I mean, you know, listeners, uh, I can give you the, the the short answer to all of these. Basically, it's people being impatient. That's pretty much yes. the, the issue with every single driving yeah. thing. <laughs> Impatience yeah. is it for every single one. Which gets yeah. me to well, mine's a this this third one here is impatience and too much patience because it's both sides. Uh, too fast of driving in a parking lot or not fast enough. There's never any Goldilocks person mm. for for parking <sighs> lots. It's either yeah. they're creating a Grand Prix and they're going in between cars going 40 miles per hour, and I'm like, what the F are you doing, man? It's yeah. a parking lot. Or it's the person that you can walk faster. That you're like, what? You're not going to sneak in to a parking spot and the other cars aren't going to notice. Like, why are you going so slow? Just make your route. Go, move, <laughs> like just ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous, Mike. Number two, what do you got? Uh, number two, so as a pedestrian walking around a lot, yeah, yeah, cars that don't stop at the uh, the crosswalks when there's blinking lights. Come on, guys, this is that's a fact. This makes me do physical things, Doc G. I have eyes, I, I do my hands, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's that, that's that's usually my go-to is the yeah. what come on what <laughs> now mike I, I for the listeners i will say i could r- do a whole nother list here of pedestrian issues with cars uh, i left yeah. all of those out because yeah i this this is my motto as a pedestrian my belief is and this is what i run on is i imagine no car knows i exist that mm-hmm. is always my motto. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it always, I just, I'm trying to avoid cars in what, you know, any way possible because they don't know I'm there. It's pretty right. much the way I go. That's my, a smart way to do it, yeah. My number two, Mike, you're going down the interstate, you're going 70, and you get the person that's less, less than 15 feet behind your bumper. Regardless if there's other traffic, they are on your glue and you're like you think that's safe you think if i tap my brakes and you go running up my both gonna be happy on the side of the road we're gonna be that next group of cars that everybody drives by and goes oh what happened there Mm, that's sad yeah yeah i don't want to be that person and i have been that person multiple times so true stay off my like (laughs) yeah and then and then a lot of times, they're the impatient person that's weaving back and forth, and then mm. they get in front of you, and they cut you off, and there's nowhere to go. And you're like, nowhere Mike, go. you got nothing. You're right in now front of look, me. Now you just look dumb, yep. And and even if you don't, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, who has ever had somebody pass them, and then they actually successfully go off and go, oh, that person was awesome. That person was cool. <laughs> like, no. No. Never going to happen. No. Just Stay the speed limit. Anyways, Mike, yeah. number one. Hmm. 
Number one um, was actually going to be your number uh, three, which okay. is driving really fast through parking lots, mm. specifically with the condo community that I live yep. in. God, it's a physical reaction. I just want to slap is. cars. What are you guys doing? This is like very unsafe. Very unsafe. All right. So new number one, but this is like a backup number one. I was ready for this. This happened a couple days ago, Doc G. I'm sure you saw it in the news. Maybe not. Las Vegas, we got some rain. Yeah. We got crazy rain. People driving uh, same speed. with hazard. Oh. Same speed, hazard lights on. Mm. Hazard lights. Come on. I thought this was common knowledge at this point. Don't drive with your hazard lights on. Or, or is that like a law in only Florida? No, no, Don't no, drive no, with no, your no, 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 no. I think, I think it's more than just Florida, I'm pretty sure. But uh, my, my big thing is, is people not adjusting to the rain. Like, mm. you don't have to adjust to, uh, to put your ha- uh, hazards on, but you should slow down. You should yeah, not go sure. 70 when it's raining. Uh, <laughs> I, sure. I have hydroplaned. Again, I can tell you it Me is too. not fun to Scary. go sideways at 70 on the interstate. Uh, and, like, that's the thing is in, in Florida, you know, one of those sun showers will come out and people will just go flying through at 100 miles per hour. And you're just like, God, what the? doing you crazy person it's ice it's ice the uh, the ground is ice it's bad man it's bad yeah number one for me this one has really irritated me in grocery store parking lots i can't wait to hear it i'm about i I can't take this anymore (laughs) not understanding a right-of-way in the parking lot and then the other driver getting irritated at you because you actually understand traffic laws. This, I cannot stand, listeners. You get to a four-way intersection. The person coming in the opposite direction of you is turning right. You are turning left. They have the right-of-way. That's how it works at a four-way intersection. The person that is turning right has the right away. The person mm. that's turning left has to yield. I yield, and the person goes, no, 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 go through. And I go, no, it's the law. You go through. And they look at me like, geez, this guy, why won't he go through? <laughs> like, it burns me up, Mike. I know they're Sorry, being nice, but I'm just like, you don't. <sighs> Doc Mike. G, you might kick my butt. <laughs> At a stop sign, I always thought the rule was whoever got there first goes first. Yes, if you get there at the same time, though, and that person- If you get there at the same time and the other person, okay. Obviously, if you get there first, the person that gets there first is always the person that goes. Okay, okay, okay. But you get there at the same time. If you get there at the same time. And one person is turning left, and then in the opposite direction, that person is turning right. So you're turning Mm. in the same direction. The person right, that course. has the right turn has the right away. The right of way. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> it gets Sorry, me, Mike. Me. That it would gets freak me. me out. In that situation, we get at the stop sign at the same place, the same time. I, I get sure. I'm like, well, that's just why go. you got. That's why you got to be prepared, Mike. That's <laughs> yeah. why you got to be prepared. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, the, second on my list, Mike. Behind the bowling alley, driving school. This is my second mm. thing that I'm gonna open. Think of a name for the driving school. We'll come back to it. Uh, (laughs) All right. Mike, I've got a great uh, Doc G top three next week. Listeners, if you want to get excited about this, come up with your list. I just thought of this one. for Well, I thought of it before the show, but I thought of it um, 
the top three animals that you would love to have as pets, but you can't mm. have as pets because they're exotic. What okay. three animals do you want to have as a pet, but you know you just can't do it? I've mm. got three, and I'm very excited about all three, and I wish I had them right now as pets. I would love it. That's a fact. Anywho, listeners, come up with your own list. Share it. Dr. G, can I get a quick... Uh, so exotic, when you say exotic, I mean anybody can... Well, get, any animal. Can, an exotic a tiger is really exotic, but yeah. it's kind of not exotic. But it's any really an, exotic. You don't... Okay. You don't, you don't Let's take exotic out of it. Any non-pet animal as okay. a pet. All right, all right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mike, we've got two birthday suits left. Uh, I don't think you'll get it. Yeah, you might get one. <laughs> you, you might get this first one. Here cool. we go. Born on August 3rd, 1941 in Jersey City, New Jersey, our birthday suit wearer started modeling in her teenage years and actually made her way through college modeling. Uh, in 1976, our birthday suit wearer started a catering business. During that time, she was introduced to the head of Crown Publishing Group, and they invited our birthday suit wearer to do a cookbook. In 1993, our birthday suit wearer started a TV show with her name based on home improvement and cooking. In 2004, our birthday suit wearer was found guilty of conspiracy to construct obstruction and making false statements to federal investigators and was sentenced to a five-month term. Jeez. Over the past 20 years, she has become really good friends with Snoop Dogg, appearing in multiple commercials with him, and TV shows. Side note, which I didn't know this, she's in the New Jersey Hall of Fame. Word. Which just has a Hall of Fame. <laughs> for being from New Jersey, which I was just like, what? They need it. Just give it to him, Doc G. Just what? let him have it. <laughs> She's in the New Jersey Hall of Fame. Anyways, name that birthday suit wearer. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart is correct. Yes, uh, man. I'll tell you, she was, she was sort of like the queen of media there before that whole prison sentence. I mean, she's still balling now, but like... She was up there then, you know? She was pretty much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she was. Like, she had she really ma was. magazines, and she was, like, on every single talk show. Yeah, Anyt she was doing it. Anytime anybody's like, oh, what should I do for this party? They're like, ask Martha Stewart, hey Like, you know, and then, like, people that actually did care what their parties looked like were doing, like, oh, that's a little Martha Stewart trick. Yeah, I made that. That mm -hmm. was a refreshing drink she suggested like just Sweet. wild man and yeah. can you believe it 81 81 martha stewart wow. 81 she looks great looks Actually, fantastic a few years she still looks good i saw <laughs> okay. i saw a 2020 picture of her and i was like that's recent enough she looks yeah. good yeah she looks, she looks great and i mean even like you know you go back to when she was like 60 she looked phenomenal at 60 yeah she looked amazing yeah balling i remember there there was some kind of you know she got sassy on social social media like two or three years ago there was some kind of somebody posted a picture of them like at a pool in a in a bathing suit and they were like oh i'm sexy like martha stewart or something like that and then martha huh? stewart clapped back with her own picture like F yeah, I am. And I was like, man, she is. She's a baller. She looks good on that. She looks good yeah. in that swimsuit, you know? Good for her. She's doing nice. it. Nice. 81. Goals. Get it, Martha Weed. Stewart. Uh, <laughs> now, this one, yeah, we, true. She definitely is a fan. She has her own uh, own uh, 
product line of CBD products too now. Nice. I think they do. She does a show with Snoop Dogg, right? Where they smoke yeah. and then they do stuff. Yeah. Oh. And I think now, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it, maybe when we cross the threshold of 25 states that have legalized, maybe she'll she'll make her own actual uh, THC product as well. Mm. Who knows? Very nice. I'm just I'm guessing. Sure I have no very nice idea. Packaging. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Little tinsel on it. And beautiful. Um, Mike, our next birthday suit wearer, I don't think you'll get. Nope. Very famous, and I know you know who he is, just don't think you know his name. Uh, right, born see. on August 3rd, 1963, in Downey, California, our birthday suit wearer started playing music when he was nine years old, learning the piano. Then at 14, he started playing guitar. He joined several bands during high school, but it wasn't until he graduated that he formed Metallica with Lars Ulrich, Dave Mustaine, and Ron McGovney. Say what? Uh, Ron was replaced by Cliff Burton, and Dave Mustaine was replaced by Kurt Hammett in 1983. Their first album was Kill Em All. Second album was Ride the Lightning. Third album was Master of Puppets. Fourth album was And Justice for All. Fifth album was the massively popular Black Album, which had the songs Inner Sandman, Wherever I May Roam, and Sad But True, and Nothing Else Matters as well. The album sold 16 million copies in America alone. In 1991, they played the Monsters of Rock Festival, which had 1.6 million concert goers. Mm. And that was the biggest. Yeah. And an estimated half a million showed up to Metallica's performance. It's wild, wow. Mike. Yeah. Can you it's imagine a doing a comedy show of five hundred thousand people? Uh, yeah, it's. I know for a fact there's never been a comedy show that big. But there's good. been. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy did a huge one at the uh, UF, the Gator Bowl. The one Larry, the Gator Bowl is. Larry, cable yeah. guy. Oh, Get that old. dude. Oh, get, her, get her done. Uh, yeah, it's not Ron. You're thinking of the other dude that was in the Yeah, Ron the same. White. His name yeah. is... Uh, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, after the uh, Monsters of Rock, they released Load and Reload. It was a really big deal when all of them cut their hair before the Load album. The band has won nine Grammys. They are considered one of the most influential metal bands of all time. They sold over 125 million albums worldwide, and they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Our birthday suit wearer is the predominant songwriter, rhythm guitarist, and singer. Name that birthday suit wearer. Yeah, I don't know his name, but I want to say Mark or Rob. Hmm. Nothing. Not even close. N James Hetfield. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> James Hetfield. I I gotta give it to him. Man, whenever I point out like the the like uber professional musicians, I point to Metallica. Yeah. Like, even when they were massive drunks in the 80s, which they were massive drunks in the 80s, they still were the biggest professionals ever. Didn't miss a show, didn't miss practices, didn't, like, toured for, like, three years straight without a break. Like, they were professionals. Like, that was their life. And they're still mm. that way. Like, that's yeah. the insane part. 43 years them. later, they're still doing it. It's just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. Those guys do it too, you know? Yeah. Now, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you had a little bit of ups and downs with Anthony Kiedis because of the heroin mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, right. 
and same thing with John Vershani as the guitarist. You didn't have any of that with Metallica. Metallica was more just they started to hate each other around uh, um, some kind of monster uh, album there in the early 2000s. Uh, and they had the whole documentary about it. And then Jason Newstead left the band. Anyways, I've derailed on a bunch of things. I want to watch that now. I want to watch this documentary. That's awesome. I didn't know any of that, Doctor. Oh, it's it's, it's good. They got, as I always point out, I feel like they unlocked the Matrix by the Reload album. And what I mean by that is they they basically realized how to make a good song even if their heart wasn't in the song. Mm. Like, they, they just learned how to create and, and like they could come in with zero material and write a song from scratch that would be a great song. Hmm. And because of that, they had no motivation after that. And like the whole band was hmm. like, what do we do? We and, it out. Yeah. and that was the thing is that that's what some kind of monster was about was basically them being like, what do we do? And then, of course, at the same time, James Hetfield became sober at that time and no longer drank. So that just added to the sort of craziness. But it's a real good documentary. Uh, the album, not so good. It wasn't one of their best. But hmm. it's still not a bad song. I love Some Kind of Monster on that album and St. Anger. Both of those songs are really good. But uh, happy birthday to James Hetfield. He's turning uh, the big 5'9". Mm. Yeah, almost 60. Oh, one yeah. more year. One more year for James. Live it up, James. Live yeah. it up, man. He is. He definitely is. Mike, we have a fantastic show coming next week. I can't wait. We have the band Goon. Goon is coming on the show. Their great lead singer and songwriter, Kenny Becker, is going to be on with their bassist, Tamara Simons. Hopefully I'm saying her name correctly. Hopefully it's not Tamara. I don't know. Tamara, Tamara. It's one of the two. T-A-M-A-R-A. That's her name. Yeah. Tamara. Uh, Tamara. D- now there's three <laughs> ways. Ah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they're both going to be on the show. I can't wait to talk to them. It's going to be a good time. They just had a new album come out. It is fantastic. But until then, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Doc G, thank you so much for having me. What a great show. It's fantastic, man. Good times. Till next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo doo doo.